It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. As Christian McCaffrey made the 49ers title favorites, Geno Smith has made the Seahawks a force to be reckoned with, and could the Falcons be kings of the NFC South this year? They are right now. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. The Rams were coming off a bye week in a game they absolutely had to have against their NFC West rivals. The problem is Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay, and we saw proof of ownership on Sunday afternoon at SoFi Stadium in a 31 to 14 beatdown. Christian McCaffrey scored a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and even threw a touchdown just for good measure. He had as many throwing touchdowns as Matthew Stafford in this game. Joining me now from Locked On 49ers and of course Peacock and Williamson, Brian Peacock and, and Brian, this is a 49ers team as I mentioned that, that owes owns the LA Rams but still this game had a different kind of flavor to it given the urgency from the Rams. What impressed you most about what you saw from San Francisco? Yeah and by the way Peter, Christian McCaffrey the same amount of interceptions as uh, all the quarterbacks in this game, which is surprising. The number one mm. takeaway for me, how did Jimmy Garoppolo and Matthew Stafford both not throw an interception in this game? Um, it, this is an important game for both the Rams and the 49ers, trying to keep pace with somehow the first-place Seahawks, who won again against the Giants. And I don't know what's going on there. 49ers saw the, the Seahawks a couple weeks ago. They were not impressive in that game. Uh, but they're doing a number on the rest of the league somehow. Uh, this is going to be a fun one in the NFC West the rest of the way, Peter, too, because the 49ers now is important for them. This is important for the Rams. Rams now falling behind. I don't know how they can get out of this with the offensive line they have. And they have no weapons. And Cooper Cup now is the only weapon that they have on offense. Now he's banged up and has an injury. doesn't look like it's too serious, luckily. But, man, they're in a bad place for the 49ers now. Get back to 500, have a bye week, can get healthy. A lot of injuries on this team can get ready to make that run in the second half in the NFC West. And yeah, Christian McCaffrey, man, just looked uh, unbelievable in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Everything you hoped he would be. And it's the it's the dual threat, the triple threat with the touchdown pass, which is kind of unforeseen. I don't know. Let him throw every game as far as I'm concerned, because that was a pretty ball he threw, by the way, too. Um, and he's got some quarterbacks in his family. He's got some receivers in his family, and it shows. And he's so good getting in and out of his breaks, seeing him go up and sky to get a ball, too. That's where you get the value. If the 49ers are going to get value in this trade for Christian McCaffrey, it's in the passing game. And speaking of Cooper Cup, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I treat, I treat Christian McCaffrey like I just did trade for Cooper Cup, because that's the power of his usage in the passing game and then you split carries in the backfield with some of the other fine backs the 49ers have they can run the ball a little bit and they'll be okay you know but obviously looks like Christian McCaffrey is going to spearhead this thing on offense with no Debo Samuel he was up to the challenge that was really fun so for the 49ers this defense also I mean this is this is a Rams 
offense that has been anemic all season. They already have three times as many games. No, excuse me, four times as many games with 14 or less points in 2022 than they had all of 2021. It is really something to behold. But this 49ers defense, after a little bit of a reality check against the Chiefs, is once again playing awesome defense. So help me reconcile those two things. Is the 49ers defense as good as we thought and the Chiefs is just a blip? Or are the Rams, which are, by the way, by some measures, the worst offense in the league, just that bad? I would actually lean to the Rams being that bad side because for half of this game and starting the third quarter, the 49ers looked like they were getting out coached in this game and yeah. they couldn't figure things out on offense. They're calling timeouts because they couldn't get lined up. Right. Which is like, what's going on here? Year six, Kyle Shanahan, you can't even get your substitutions. Right. And then, you know, a near interception for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, then, you know, uh, a sack where there was just a complete missed assignment with the offensive line and you're, kick punting away the ball this is the beginning of the third quarter it's like oh this, this looks terrible for the 49ers i think the rams might run away with this one and then all of a sudden they woke up D'Amico ryan's woke up kyle shanahan woke up the entire san francisco 49ers team woke up and boom 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 they're scoring on the ground they're scoring through the air uh jimmy garoppolo's dropping dimes the defense just completely shuts him out in the second half and uh if if it's the team we saw in the second half against the rams and the team we saw in the first five games before all the injuries hit the 49ers defense, that's a scary defense. It's a top five, maybe top one defense in the NFL. They have to get healthy during the bye week to see that. But I think definitely a big part of that was how bad the Rams offense looks and their offensive line. Uh, they've got to do some work here in the next couple of days before the deadline or else uh, I think the Rams might be shot this year. Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On 49ers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the 49ers may have competition in their own division because the Seahawks look good. We'll explain just how good coming up in a minute. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here's what to look for for Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Monday night's Halloween special pits in state rivals against one another and the road team. Well, their favorite bet online is the Bengals. Three-point favorites over the Browns. With Jamar Chase on the shelf for a number of weeks, the Bengals' offense may not be as potent as it has been of late. Bet online has their team total at 24 for tonight's game. And with Chase out, you may think that hurt Joe Burrow's stats a little bit. Bet online has his passing yards over under 263.5. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Green Bay Packers and Buffalo Bills played a Sunday night game. Yes, they played a Sunday night game. And in the first half, it did not look competitive. The Bills ultimately hold off a late Packers rally 27-17. It was a game the Bills sleptwalked through the second half for the most part. Josh Allen threw two boneheaded interceptions. But the Packers ran the ball. 
for over 200 yards against the best run defense in football. The rookies made a couple plays. Maybe the Packers are figuring something out. Maybe there are some holes in this Bills team that we had not seen previously exploited by teams that could not run the ball quite as well. Maybe you look at a team like Baltimore who gave Buffalo some problems. Maybe you look at a frisky wildcard team like the Jets. If they can get this run game back on track, that might be able to give Buffalo some problems. But ultimately, it's a 10-point game and a game that was really two scores the entire night. This game was not really that close. The Packers are not back by any means, and the Bills, they're not. They're not going anywhere. I think they're the best team in football. College football doesn't like ties. That's why they've changed their overtime system a billion times. But we've got one this week in the AP poll. After dominating Kentucky on Saturday, Tennessee moved into a tie with Ohio State for the number two spot in the country. The ranking happens for the week of their matchup with the number one team in college football, the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. The Vols routed the Wildcats 44-6 and earned 18 first-place votes in the poll. Ohio State had just 15 first-place votes, but both are tied in total points. The Georgia-Tennessee game will be the first 1-2 matchup since Alabama faced LSU and lost to Joe Burrow on his way to winning a national championship. Heisman Trophy and getting the number one overall pick. It worked out for Joe Burrow. Get you somebody who loves you as much as Derrick Henry loves running the ball against the Houston Texans defense. He ran all over the field and the Titans ran to a week eight win. Derrick Henry becomes the all-time leader in touchdowns scored in Tennessee Titans history as the Titans run all over the Houston Texans en route to a 17-10 victory. My name's Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked On Titans podcast. Derrick Henry does it again. Derrick Henry goes for over 200 yards and has two rushing touchdowns. He's done that six times in his career four times have been against the Houston Texans and that actually is the most 200 yard rushing games with two rushing touchdown performances in NFL history so Derrick Henry just seems to own the Houston Texans but the Titans defense stepped up in a major way as well limiting the Houston Texans to nothing really other than that pity touchdown late in garbage time the Titans have won five games in a row have a complete stranglehold on the AFC South and have a big game on Sunday night football next week against the Kansas City Chiefs. For more analysis, check out the Locked on Titans YouTube channel. Locked on Titans, it's your team every day. The Cleveland Cavaliers put together a comeback win over the New York Knicks and it was all led by newcomer Donovan Mitchell, who may be making some early noise for hardware. What's up, guys? Evan Damroni here, co-host of Locked On Cavs with a Locked On Now takeaway after the Cleveland Cavaliers' massive pre-Halloween win over the New York Knicks. Donovan Mitchell just keeps doing it. He's getting MVP chance tonight, and it's well-deserved. He scored or assisted on 70 of Cleveland's 121 points overall, and he could be an early frontrunner for MVP this year. We're going to have to talk about all of this and more on Monday's Locked On Cavs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Is another story you need to know. In a battle of two, can we prove it to the world teams? The Seattle Seahawks took down the New York Giants in convincing fashion, 27 to 13. Geno Smith just keeps being the best story in the NFL this season. 
a two touchdown day for him and Kenneth Walker scores the sealer in the fourth quarter. Joining me now from Seattle and from our Locked on Seahawks podcast, Corbin Smith. And, and Corbin, this is a Seahawks team that at the beginning of the year, everyone thought, okay, this is going to be probably one of the five worst teams in the league outside of Seattle. And right now they are sitting atop the NFC West at five and three. How are they doing it? Well, interesting enough, I think everybody was going into this season believing if the Seahawks were going to be competitive, it was going to be because of their defense. Well, the last three games, the defense has been playing much better, but really it boils down to the play of number seven, Geno Smith. He continues to be masterful. His numbers today, not the best numbers he's had, 212 passing yards, two touchdowns, but he was almost at 70% completion rate, and that's with Tyler Lockett dropping a touchdown. That never happens. Had a couple other plays that slipped through receivers' hands. He just continues to amaze with his efficiency and the way that he is commanding Shane Waldron's offense. Everyone else has followed suit. Running back Ken Walker III has given some extra juice to this offense with Rashad Penny going down for the season. The receiving weapons they have, Metcalf and Lockett, not even 100% coming through with clutch catches today. So the offense has really been what has carried this team most of the year, and now the defense is caught up. So you put those together with the rookie class. They've got six guys that are starting for them from this rookie class, yeah. and they're playing well. Uh, that is the complete package right now for this football team. And some might say they're playing with house money, but then going out and beating a six and one giants team that proved today to me that they very much are for real. I actually was going to this game thinking Seattle would win this fairly easily. And for three and a half quarters, it was a very tight game. And so this is a statement win for the Seahawks. There's no question about it. Speaking of statements, Tyler Lockett after the game said the following, it's amazing what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit? This feels like a direct shot at Russell Wilson, or at least a reference to him, even if it's not a shot in the in the way that we might think of it. It seems like Geno Smith has buoyed this team and and that they and certainly former Seahawks players are have been reinvigorated by a, a different energy in the building in Seattle. To what degree do you think that part of this, the the non-Russell Wilson era Seahawks? has given a little shot in the arm to this team. I think that that is definitely a big part of the equation here. And you can see it with just the way that Pete Carroll's carrying himself. And, and he looked like he got some of his energy and some of his bigger vigor back this offseason. If you were there for mini camps and then training camp, it just seemed like he was back to being his usual chewing my gum at 100 mile an hour speed. He's a high energy guy, Very, despite his high age. energy guy. It seemed like he was back last year, really wore down on him. And I don't want to sit here and say that that's all on Russell Wilson. But I mean, the situation clearly had reached a point where it was not working anymore, not just for the quarterback with the organization. But I think you could say that for a lot of his teammates as well. I think that they were ready for something different to try to get that culture back to where they wanted it. And so far, the results have been obvious on the field, not just because Geno Smith is beloved in the locker room, but the results that he is putting out there on the field, the way that everybody's playing for each other. I don't think that Lockett meant to take a shot directly at Russell Wilson with that comment, but it's easy to see why it would be interpreted that way, especially the way this team is playing and how things have gone for the Broncos so far. This team has now won three straight. Quickly, Corbin, what is the ceiling for this Seahawks team? 
You know, before the season started, I thought the ceiling for this team was seven or eight wins. Right now, I think 10 or 11 is feasible because of just how good this rookie class has been. And again, most importantly, Geno Smith, I've been saying it on radio shows the last couple of weeks. I mean, put him in the top three right now for MVP. He deserves to be in that discussion. His stats stack up with the likes of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. You look at the top quarterback stats, he's one of the three quarterbacks that's consistently across the board in those categories, and he has earned being in that discussion. And so as long as he's playing the way that he has played so far this season, the rookies keep contributing, and the defense continues its resurgence. Uh, Suddenly, in this wide-open NFC, this does look like a team that could win double-digit games. Who would have thought that going into the season? Stay up to date all year on the Seattle Seahawks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On Seahawks podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, can the Atlanta Falcons, yes, the Atlanta Falcons, compete for the NFC South crown? It's theirs right now. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just as everyone predicted, it's the 4-4 four and four Atlanta Falcons leading the NFC South after a 37-34 overtime win over the Carolina Panthers. A game that seemed all but over at least half a dozen times at various points in this game. Joining me now from Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman. And and Aaron, let's start with this particular game because it's a game that uh, Atlanta was seemed to be in comfortable control of. And then the Panthers put up 21 in the fourth quarter, including uh, a go-ahead drive that seemed to end the game before an extra point with a celebration penalty and then overtime and interception. I mean, this game was absolutely crazy. It seems to be the full Falcons experience in this one. Absolutely. The Falcons up six or seven points um, with like 36 seconds left. And it's like, okay, well, you know, as a Falcon fan, I've I've learned over the years that you could never have 100% confidence (laughs) in the Falcons being able to finish a game. And of course they, they did the one thing you're not supposed to do, let DJ Moore get behind him. Uh, But then you get the celebration penalty, he misses the extra point. So it goes into overtime. Mario throws a pick, and you're just like, oh, here we go again. And it's an easy chip shot for Eddie Pinheiro. He misses the kick, and then, of course, the Falcons get a big play. Mario redeems himself with a 30-yard run that sets up uh, the game-winning young way field goal. So it it was a wild ride, a roller coaster. It it seemed like there were like five massive momentum shifts in those final eight, 11 minutes of time, including eight minutes in overtime. They got Kyle Pitts more involved in this game. They've been doing this without Coral Patterson over the last few weeks. They put it on the 49ers two weeks ago. And, and you know, they they took an out to the Bengals, who were playing really well with Jamar Chase, who's now out. They've had some impressive moments this season. Beat the Seahawks, a win that looks much better now. Hung with the Rams, a loss that eh, maybe not as good as we thought it was at the time. This team has a real chance to be a playoff team this year. So what is it that makes them so hard to prepare for that is giving them a chance to win these football games? 
it's it's really their run game. And even not having Cordero Patterson these last couple of games, uh, they've been able to mostly sustain uh, that rushing attack. And it, it kind of masks for the fact that they don't really have much of a passing game. It was a little bit better today. Uh, Marcus Mariota did uh, attempt more than 20 passes today. You know, that's been a tall order so far this season. Uh, Kyle Pitts certainly benefited from that. And so really at this point in time, over these next couple of games, the Falcons face a, a number of winnable games. They got the Chargers. They got uh, the rematch against the Panthers. They got Washington, Chicago, Pittsburgh, all before their week 14 bye. So they have an opportunity now that they're in first place that they could potentially against a softer, relatively soft part of their schedule, rack up some wins and and hopefully create some distance between them and whoever else is in neck and neck with them in the NFC South, because whoever winds up winning this division, probably at least based off what we've seen so far this season is not going to be the world's most complete team. But uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers at this point with the Falcons. I understand the, the questions around Marcus Mariota as a, as a starter, as a long-term starter piece, certainly. Um, and, and I think this team, there were questions, okay, even if they could be a wild card team, let's say, and, and most people did not think they could even be that. They looked at this team and said, this is one of the worst teams in the league. They have not been that through the first eight weeks of the season. But is is this a game where Marcus Mariota throws three touchdowns and, and makes some plays late that makes you go, okay, maybe there is a little bit more on the bone here in this passing game that could make them dangerous come December, January. Yeah, right now, when you look at this Falcons passing attack, it is not very good, right? They they basically do everything in their power to prevent the quarterback from throwing the football uh, in meaningful situations. But the hope is, uh, as the rest of the season wears on, that the team in this passing attack starts to click a little bit better. You're not hearing people complain about Kyle Pitts' usage anymore. You're not hearing people complain about Drake London's usage anymore. And we're not sitting here going like, oh my God, if the Falcons throw the ball more than 15 or 20 times in a game, that's a bad thing. Most NFL offenses can throw the ball, you know, 25. Mariota threw it 28 times. It's incredible to watch this Falcons offense and be like, oh my God, our quarterback threw the ball 28 times in this game. Uh, And now we're approaching levels that pretty much every other NFL offense uh, usually is living by. So I think that's really where the growth they can show down the stretch. They're not there yet, but hopefully if this team is going to be playing meaningful games in December and January, they should be there uh, by the end of this year. Stay up to date all year on the Atlanta Falcons by subscribing to Locked On Sports today in the Locked On Falcons podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, there were two shutouts for the Raiders on Sunday. One happened on the field and one happened in Josh McDaniels' postgame presser. All right, well, obviously that wasn't uh, <clears throat> good enough. Oh, boy. Sure, that was someone leaning on a light switch, but you get the meaning, right? Turn off the lights. The party is over for the 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. If they want to trade Devontae Adams back to the Green Bay Packers, they are welcome to do that. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, how will Joe Burrow cope without his favorite receiver? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.